What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to episode 105 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Sousa, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. I rule with fear, but he rules with respect. It's Grant Youngsma. What's up, Grant? You better believe it, Phil. (laughs) Respect me. (laughs) You may not fear Grant Youngsma, but you will respect him. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, We got a good show for you today. We're excited to talk about uh, Book of Boba Fett. That's uh, really just kind of our main discussion today. It'll be a little bit... Shorter episode. Um, holidays are a good time for shorter episodes, I think. Um, we'll get back to a, a longer episode next week. We'll tell you more about that at the end of the show today. If you're just joining us for this podcast, we're an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Um, we're going to review every episode of uh, Book of Boba Fett, I'm sure. I, even if it's like short discussions, I, I mean, I can't imagine us not covering what's dropped in that show. It's I don't think the show... We'll get to Book of Boba Fett thoughts here in a little bit. It's not going to be as big as The Mandalorian, probably. Um, although, I don't know. I, it it this remains to be seen. But um, I still think it's going to be a public consciousness kind of, you know, water cooler kind of show. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be uh, discussing every episode. If you're tuning in for the first time to our podcast, just know that you can come back every week for more Book of Boba Fett um, discussions. And we'll we'll discuss some other things on the show as well. Uh, we're going to get into that here in a bit, but first we like to do Disney Plus News of the Week. Grant, what did you... Uh, or No, I'll go first. I, I have two stories and you have one, so we'll, we'll toggle. Um, Sounds good. Uh, this first one's really quick, so we'll start with my fast one here. Um, there, so there's some... Okay, so spoilers for the finale of Hawkeye. Let me say that first. So if you've not seen the finale of Hawkeye, if you've just been waiting to see it or whatever, I mean, you've had a lot of time, so you probably have already seen it by now, but um, there are inherently spoilers in this discussion of, of the news story. So just be aware of that. Skip forward. You know, I don't think it'll take more than two or three minutes to talk about this, but um, so yeah, you have been warned. Um, the news story is this. That Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays Kingpin mm-hmm. in not just the Daredevil series, but also was in Hawkeye the last couple episodes, or really just the last episode, was recently interviewed about the future of his character, which, I mean, it looks pretty definitive um, towards the end, but we, I mean, on this show, on this podcast, we, you and I talked about, like, is he really dead? You know, yeah. like that kind of thing. So he had some thoughts about it. He was in a recent interview with Collider and... And this is what he said. Yeah, I'm, I'll just read it. It says, he says, I can't comment personally. I can't, co- I can comment personally. I can't comment about any facts because they just don't tell me, which is interesting. Like they don't, they're not even telling him what the future of his character is. Um, he says, so it made me hope that it would continue meaning his role. Mm-hmm. And it still makes me feel that way. I mean, in my mind, she definitely shot him, which is, that's an interesting take. Um, I think we were talking, toying with the idea of maybe she didn't shoot him, like it's like a warning shot type of thing. Um, he thinks that like his character was definitely shot, point blank. Um, I walked away from Daredevil at first. I thought maybe he'll come back somehow. Then very quickly after that, I thought I was walking away for good. So I had always hoped because of the fans wanting him back and everybody, I'd hope I'd hope that I would come back. So I feel the same way now. So basically what all he's willing to say and probably all that he can say, cause I don't think they've actually told him anything like Feige and, um, uh, what's his face? Um, Favreau. Like, yeah, I, I doubt that they've told him any of the goods on his character at all, just to keep that stuff under wraps as much as they can. But he's getting the same feeling now as he did at the end of daredevil, which is like his character might not actually be done. So, I think that's super exciting. I would love to see more of him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool to see him come back, but looking back on it now, it's like we only got him for like 40 more minutes. Like I, yeah. I would love to, and maybe even less than that if you total up all the minutes he was on screen. So I, 
I would love to see more of him. I would love to see him as an actual legitimate like season long bad guy in some other future show. I my guess is they probably don't bring him back for a couple of years, um, just because they, they yeah. have so much other things planned. But um, what what do you think? Do you, a do you think they'll bring him back? And B would you want to see him come back? Um, I would say they most likely will bring him back. I'm not exactly sure in what, but um, as we've seen, we are in the multiverse now. And so it may not be the kingpin we see in Hawkeye. Could be a different kingpin. Oh, yeah. Um, And also uh, the Into the Spider-Verse movie, Kingpin was kind of the one that was dealing with the multiverse in that. And and I know the cartoon and uh, the MCU aren't exactly hand in hand, but I mean, they did have him in that. So I would, in in what, sorry, I missed it into the spider verse. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And he was the main bad guy in that, but I just don't really think they would bring him back, bring him into the show just for 40 minutes. So it may be a couple years or so before we see him, but I bet we'll see him again. In something. What about Echo? Like, do, do they have a release date on that on that show? Just 2022 sometime. I mean, surely, unless he's just being really coy and like doing the uh, the anti-Tom Holland thing and like yeah. just not spilling the beans that he already knows. But that that's the most likely return for him. It would be showing up with Maya yeah, in, in that show. You would think so. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I If they, I mean, he... Again, he could be just straight up lying <laughs> to, to Collider, but like he says, like uh, no, I think he my my legit shot him. So either he did, he's telling the truth, and like, or I mean, his opinion is true that mm-hmm. he got shot, and and then Echo, you know, uh, somehow has to fen- you know fight him or something like that at some point in the in the Echo show, and like actually finish him off for good, or she intentionally left him alive just to you know. Um, uh, insult him or something like that. Like I could have killed you, but I didn't, you know, you're nothing to me type of thing. And then she becomes some big bad or whatever. And then, but then he comes in to like antagonize her or whatever in that show. But I mean, they have to be shooting that show. They have to be already shooting that show, right? If it's you coming out think. next year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he could be just straight up lying about it, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it would seem as though he's not going to be in the echo show at all. So yeah, but I don't know. I, I mean, I think, I mean, everyone, I think every Netflix Marvel's, you know, fans dream is to see Daredevil come back and actually be a Daredevil versus Kingpin thing. Um, I think it would be cool to see like a wounded Kingpin, like a not as strong (laughs) Kingpin and see uh, how that works out because in the show he was uh, like a force to be reckoned with, like he was really Mm -hmm. hard to take down. So um, that would be cool. But yeah, who knows if we'll ever, ever see that. So. Um, all right. That, that was all I had on that one. So, um, what was your story? Um, well, it's not really like super newsworthy, but I did see an article that talked about when Spider-Man, uh, no way home will come to Disney plus. And for those of you that are looking for the answer, you're going to have to wait a <laughs> while because it sounds like from what, the article said it sounds like stars is going to get first and then because huh. uh, stars currently has the spider-man homecoming and spider-man far from home so stars gets the first crack at that just from like a previous deal and so the article hinted that the soonest you'll see uh, Spider-Man No Way Home on Disney Plus will be about 18 months from now. Wow. So it'll be a while, Phil. <laughs> so if you really want to see it at home, rent it. <laughs> yeah. Before it comes out, uh, you'll almost certainly... Or subscribe to Stars. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, you could probably rent it for cheaper than that, though. At, probably. Uh, $4 or whatever the going rate is, but... Um, I was just looking up, um, are you familiar with the, the website Just Watch? Justwatch.com? No. It's like a, a site that basically keeps, uh, I think, pretty accurate track of 
where you can see anything mm-hmm. like a movie tv show or whatever and like i just looked up spider-man homecoming and um they're saying you can rent it uh from a lot of, i mean everything amazon yeah. voodoo mm-hmm. apple tv all that kind of stuff 4k or not um streaming it just says uh direct tv and uh subs uh no wait what is this some other oh spectrum on demand spectrum on demand and direct tv are the only place to like stri- like a streaming service okay. uh, yeah. to stream it so like that one's not even on like HBO Max or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, so yeah, these movies are are kind of. I, I think Sony legit like wants to get that rental, uh, you know, yeah. drip feed. So, um, yeah, I I mean none of them are the uh, Homecoming, Far From Home, and I, I mean I guess will this be the first one that's on Disney Plus? The other ones haven't been on Disney Plus, have they? No. Okay. So. Yeah, uh, I looked up Far From Home. You can you can watch it on Fubo, FX Now, and DirecTV streaming, and then of course rent it. Yeah. So, I mean, I would, I would guess if these three ever come to Disney Plus, I would guess all three of them would drop at the same time. Dude, that'd be great. That would be awesome. That would be a huge like newsworthy moment for Disney Plus. Yeah. That, like you can watch all three Spider-Man movies now. But I definitely think it's going to be a long time. When it, you, it has to be, it almost has to be temporary, right? Like, I, I almost envision like you you load up the Disney Plus app and it says available to stream from now until you know from June first to like October first or something like that. Like, you know, they they they're basically renting that character from Sony, so I could see them like renting time for the to stream those movies on their service, but then once their money runs out, then it gets pulled or something like that. So. Yeah, that's that's all that stuff's super intriguing to me because it's not like fully in the hands of of Feige and, and MCU. Like yeah. they're just kind of borrowing that character from Sony. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. But um, I mean, you, you've heard us say it uh, probably on every episode that we've where we've talked about that movie. But um, go go see um, Far From Home as soon as you possibly can. <laughs> um, so yeah, or not Far From Home. Um, no, no way, way home. No way home. <laughs> Which. In just three weeks, which this probably isn't surprising to anyone, it's made over one one point thirty two billion Whoa, globally. That's awesome, and it's been the top movie at the box office oh, the last three weeks. Uh, maybe all year. I, I, I mean, pandemic times has, has not produced those kinds of numbers. Yeah. So yeah, that's impressive. It is for sure. Um, I mean, knowing what's in the movie, like. I think I think almost almost assuredly people are seeing it multiple times is probably a lot of that number. Um, I know I've been jonesing to see it again, like mm-hmm. to um, to pay for more than one movie ticket for just me. So yeah, um, so yeah, I, I I imagine especially over the holidays, like I'm sure people probably went to the theaters more than once. You know, went to go see it with one friend, another friend wants to go see it, and they go, okay, you know, you pulled my arm, I'll go see it again with you or whatever. Yeah. So cool. Um, yeah, I, it would be nice to see them all on there, but like you said, it's, it's going to be 2023, maybe at the earliest. So don't hold your breath on that. Uh, and then the last one I had was just kind of, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, this time of year, there's a lot of like best of, of the year type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I found this screen rant article where they were talking about the, uh, now this is according to IMDB. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but best 2021 Disney movies, according to their IMDb scores. So okay. it just ranks them one to 10 based on the scores that they received on IMDb, which of course can be non-critics. It's, you know, anyone can create an IMDb account for free and go on and rate it. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But uh, a couple of these weren't on Disney plus um, okay. or, or weren't until very recently. So um, just kind of keep that in mind as well. It's just, it's not about Disney plus, but it's about all things Disney. And most of these are on Disney plus. Uh, so I'll just go from 10. Um, uh, highest ranked 2021 Disney movies, number 10, Encanto, um, which we'll be talking more about soon, um, has a currently has a 7.3 on IMDb. Okay. Um, we'll talk more about <laughs> what, what, what we think, you know, is that low or high or whatever, but uh, it's, uh, you know, out of a lot of movies that they released over the course of the year, it's, it's uh, definitely in the top 10. So uh, 7.3 for Encanto. Also 7.3, I guess it was like, you know, 7.33 versus 7.32 or whatever. I don't know how they figured that out, but uh, also 7.3 is Raya and the Last Dragon, 
which I completely forgot even came out <laughs> last year. Like as the, it seems like it, that movie came out two years ago. Yeah, um, it's been a while. So I think it came out in like I don't know March. March. Yeah. So God, that feels like forever ago. But um, yeah, it did come out last year. So uh, seven point three. Uh, Nightmare Alley. I don't know that I even saw this, and this almost certainly isn't on Disney Plus. Um, that just came out. Oh really? Okay. Oh, in theaters. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Which I don't know. What's it rated? Oh, it's rated R. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is a um like um let's see searchlight pictures. So like Disney has had I think they've had this uh, searchlight for decades, haven't they? Doesn't it go back to like probably the nine, eight, maybe eighties? But uh, searchlight. I don't know how long searchlight's been around, but they've been around a long time, and they're like the like the um. I don't want to say adult as far as like you know sex or whatever but like it's like the the for grown-ups like p- part of disney um mm-hmm. you know disney's uh corporation so anyways rated r just came out in theaters um it got a 7.4 i don't think you're gonna see that on disney plus but um it was pretty highly ra- rated looks like it's a crime uh thriller kind of movie uh the french dispatch um this is also a searchlight film uh came out in 2021 it's a wes anderson uh, movie it got a 7.4 so that's the seventh ranked uh the last duel which i forgot that that was even disney oh it's 20th century that's why mm-hmm. i like i i looked at so this is the um uh matt damon and uh adam driver yep uh movie it's um it's actually the return of matt damon and ben affleck to riding together like the first time that they've done anything together okay. since goodwill hunting which is crazy to think about but it's been that long but um so yeah it is 20th century fox but you know technically owned by disney now so um so yeah ridley scott directed that it actually looked really good so that came out um i'm sure caitlin will be very upset with this next choice but number five out of ten on the list is cruella huh so okay yeah Cruella got se- uh, 7 7.4 on imdb which is honestly pretty high like that's probably higher than a lot of people were expecting for that film so i liked it i would i would actually put it around there like if i was going to rank it i'd probably give it like seven or eight stars mm-hmm. maybe eight stars i really liked it um it had some problems here and there for me but i don't know i i'm a i'm a big emma stone fan and some people Caitlin uh really hate Emma Stone (laughs) and so I think for them it probably got dinged a couple stars uh number four on the list is Luca okay seven five yeah so uh that seems about right for that movie Mm that's really good it's not going to be like probably you know a top five Pixar for anyone but I I thought it was a really great film and I've gone back and watched it uh twice now so um yeah really good movie uh, you'll like this one, Grant. Number three on the list, Shang-Chi and the okay. Legend of the Ten Rings. Yep. So 7.5. Um, boy, that almost seems low. Yeah. <laughs> to me, I really liked that movie a lot. But um, and I feel like the Rotten Tomatoes score is higher than that. I'm pretty sure yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, it's in like the 80s. Yeah, and I, I've always... This isn't like scientific or anything, but like I think like the highest ranked movie on IMDb of all time is in like the low nines. It's like nine, three or something like that. Yeah. Like it's a nine is almost it really a 10. Like you could almost like add a star to mm-hmm. every ranking, like seven, five on IMDb to me feels more like an eight, five. Like, yeah. um, there is no such thing as like a perfect 10 on, on IMDb. IMDb, but there could be some movies that are like 98, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, cause of how they score things, it just works out that way. So yeah, Shang, Chi seven, five, I, that feels more like an eight, five to me. Um, yeah, people really liked that movie. Uh, and then a big jump to 7.9. Um, West Side Story. Have you heard anything about this? Steve? I have not. Steven Spielberg. So it's only in theaters. Um, I'm assuming it will come to Disney Plus. It is um, a 20th century movie, but mm-hmm. I mean, I would assume it would just go straight to Disney Plus as soon as that window is over. This movie's doing really freaking well. Like, I, I did not expect a remake of a very old musical. Yeah. Um, is, is it, it's Rogers and Hammerstein, isn't it? Um, I don't know. That might be, that might not be right. Um, it is apparently really, really good. Um, I, I did, uh, pull up the soundtrack on Spotify and okay. listen, listen yeah. to the soundtrack a little bit. Um, I, I, I think West Side Story was like one of the first 
stage shows I ever watched, like period, like in my life, um, like in, on a live stage. Mm-hmm. And um, it's good. I mean, I, I, as far as the story goes and the music goes, I don't think it's top tier Broadway, but a lot of people like it a lot. And, it, and it's Spielberg directed, so I guess, you know, we should have known. But at the, the reviews on this movie have been through the roof. Like they're talking like Oscars and like all kinds of awards for it. So um, yeah, 7.9. Um, Again, more probably feels more like an eight point nine on IMDb is really really high praise. So um, I'm assuming that that will come to Disney Plus and a lot of people are going to watch it there. Yeah, I know Caitlin really wants to see it, so I think she'd be really happy if it came to Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, it just looks really well shot. Like I, you watch the trailer of it, and you're like, oh my gosh! Like they really put a lot of love and time into making it look good. The accents are, seem really authentic. Um, it feels like a real story about real people. Um, it's kind of uh, what I've heard about it. So, uh, and then here it is, the number one um, highest, highest rated uh, 2021 Disney movie on IMDb is Summer of Soul, um, one that I would have never predicted. Um, this is a documentary film about 1969 Harlem Culture Festival. Um, okay. And it's like a Sundance kind of movie, like, um, you know, indie kind of, you know, uh, documentary kind of style movie. Um, it's, I, let's see, I'm reading it. it. It, it came in, came to theaters in July, probably to like select theaters, like smaller theaters, I would imagine. And then digitally via Hulu. So it's on Hulu right now. Um, I don't, because of that, I wouldn't expect you to be able to watch it on Disney plus. Um, I don't think I've seen it on there. And, um, and yet you can find it if you have like the Disney plus Hulu ESPN package, you have access to it. It's called summer of soul. So, um, so yeah, if that's of interest to you, it's, um, uh, late sixties, um, uh, you know, mostly, you know, black, uh, family, um, kind of, um, music. So it looks really cool. I, I, as you know, I've been on a, a huge documentary kick, so I think that would appeal to me quite a bit. Um, it's interesting to know. It's like, kind of the same year. I think it's the year, same year or like really close to the same year as the get back, uh, Beatles film that is on. Disney okay. Plus. So, uh, just another, another side of the, the alley, so to speak. So, all right. Um, that's all I had, uh, for the news, just kind of talking about some of the biggest films, several, um, animated films in that list, which is not, not a surprise. So, all right, Grant, uh, let's get into it. Book of Boba Fett, episode one. Um, we are going to do full spoilers on this if you've never tuned into the show. That's just kind of what we do. We don't really do non-spoiler very often. If it's in theaters and not everyone has a chance to see it, you know, we'll sometimes hold back or put it, put that in a separate episode. But uh, we are going to do a full spoiler uh, review of episode one. So make sure you've seen it before you jump in here. Um, let's just start with just kind of overall thoughts. Um, what do you think about the, the first episode? Well, what I would, my overline thoughts about it would be, it's not going to be the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I feel like a lot of people may be a lot higher on this than I am, but it was just kind of, first off, it was very short. Yeah, I was was surprised by how short it was. with, With... the credits it was 39 minutes long yeah so we only really got 30 minutes of action yeah so that was kind of part of it where um i was just like "Eh, i'd prefer mandalorian over that but the action was pretty good um the fight scene in the middle i enjoyed that um we got another weird creature looking thing so i guess that was a plus but overall i mean if i had to rate it probably like maybe a seven out of ten yeah yeah i um i hadn't thought about like a a scoring but i would i would say i'd probably land about there too um i might go eight out of ten just for certain scenes but um i think so here's where if if you've not been around me and grant on this podcast Here's what you need to know about Star Wars. I I come from a like a family of Star Wars. Like my whole family watched Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up on it from a very young age. I was probably 
I don't know, 10 or 11 um, when I watched like just everything that had released, which I'm old. So like only the original trilogy was out when I was 10 or 11. Um, and I, I've watched all the TV shows, all the animated stuff. All, I mean, everything. Um, uh, I haven't watched all of Rebels yet, but I've watched pretty much everything else Star Wars has come out. And I just kind of gobble it all up. I read about it online. I haven't read any of the books, so I haven't gone quite that far with Star Wars lore, but I'm pretty close to it. Like I, I've, I've read some of the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm really, really into Star Wars. Um, you're, I would say, I would, here, tell me if I'm wrong. You correct me if I'm like painting you in an in a incorrect light. I think for you, you enjoy Star Wars when the stories are captivating and when the um, stakes are high. Like, I, I feel like you gravitate more to Star Wars when it's like high caliber, like high production kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. them, the Mandalorian seems like that to me. Like, it's they put a lot of work and a lot of thought into the crafting the story and the mystery of what's going on. Like, in other words, if the story's not great, you're probably maybe check halfway checking out and the, if it's animated, you're completely out. Oh yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. And, um, if you've listened to anything that we've talked about Marvel wise, um, you know, Phil and I hate when Marvel goes just everyday life. <laughs> and there were parts of this episode that definitely felt like star Wars was doing everyday life. Okay. I can see that. So, I mean, I just feel like, because from the start, like with Mandalorian, from that first episode, I was very intrigued. And, um, and like you said, they put probably more time into that. And, I mean, Boba Fett, I, I enjoy the character to an extent, but it's just kind of one of those where there's a lot more characters in Star Wars that I care about before Boba Fett. Yeah. I do think I will agree with you um, on one thing, especially what you said towards the end there is Boba Fett is one of those characters that I don't, I've never, I mean, I've been around Boba Fett for 30 years. I, I've never understood what the, um, the fascination with this character. I do. I think he's cool. Yeah. He's a bounty hunter. He has all these weapons. How can I not think he's cool? He's a huge threat in the original trilogy, especially to Han and, of course, Luke. Um, so, and there's mystery, a lot of mystery, because there isn't really much known about him, honestly, from mm-hmm. the original movies. Um, a lot's been written about him in books and comic books, but I haven't really experienced those. So, I, I you know, as far as mainstream Star Wars, like what your general public knows about Boba Fett, it's pretty little. Yeah. So, I, I've never understood why the masses are like, ooh, Boba Fett, like... It's it's kind of a weird thing to me to to experience, and there there are I think very few characters in cinematic history that really fit that mold. Where like there's almost nothing known about them, but everyone loves him. <laughs> and so, um, it, seeing him come back in the Mandalorian, I think was a huge like geek moment of like, oh my gosh, he's back, he's alive, and he's back, whatever. And then when he got his own show, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like I, I do want to learn more about Boba Fett. Um, but I agree with you. I I think this first episode probably didn't do a whole lot to bring in outsiders. Like if you've only watched like the main movies and mm-hmm. I'm not I'm, like, maybe not even the offshoot movies. Like you've never seen solo. You've never yeah. seen rogue one. Um, and you, and maybe saw, you saw the first two seasons of Mandalorian, but you've not seen anything else television wise on star Wars. I don't know that this first episode did a lot to kind of bring you in to suck you into like this mysterious story. I, I this, I loved this episode. I wouldn't say I loved it. I really liked the episode. I had some problems with it. Um, but I agree with you. I don't think it did a lot to lay the groundwork for what is going on. What is this massive story that they yeah. can tell us? And maybe it's not going to be that ba- massive. I don't know. <clears throat> and I feel like a lot of this for people that aren't just anything Star Wars is just amazing. Um, yeah. Like I know our friend Jake, he loves Star Wars, eats it up. But like for this, if you're just the casual fan, which I would say I'm a casual fan, where movies and I've seen all the off-brand movies and all the live-action shows, well, yeah. Mandalorian, I feel like if you're that type of fan, you, at least this first episode, doesn't do much for you because you've already watched two seasons of The Mandalorian where... The Mandalorian has kind of done 
similar stuff to probably what we're going to see in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I would I would even go further and say it's it's going to do a lot less than anything we saw in Mando. Like, yeah. I I don't um, I mean I don't even know I don't even know what the story is yet. I mean we're only one episode in, so that maybe that's normal. But um, I was I was hoping for some kind of stinger at the end of like here's the real threat, here's what we have to overcome, here's his goal. Like, what where is he even going? Like, what is he trying to accomplish? You know, and they didn't really answer any of those questions in the first episode. I was a little surprised by that. I I think. I think that starting starting the episode with the Sarlacc pit and then like how he escaped from it and going into uh, how much of the show, how, how much of the first episode is flashback? It's like half. Yeah. Maybe more and, than half. And you just kind of wonder, it's it, odd. is this show going to end at the point where we see him meeting up with Mando? It almost certainly is. I, I have to imagine. So even if they just shoot, even if they just show, the exact same footage from yeah. Mandalorian. Um, I do like the flashback part of it. Uh, you get it's so one of the things that I think longtime Star Wars fans have been wondering is how did he escape from the Sarlacc pit? We get that answer. It's very fan servicey that the show, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's good for people that are into Star Wars. For people that don't know anything about or don't even remember Boba Fett from the original trilogy or don't remember how he died. It's, it doesn't do anything for them. But I, I think that it's cool to see a mix of fan service, you know, an, um, answering the, the burning questions that people have had for decades, but also trying to tell a new story that, you know, is in present day, mm-hmm. so to speak, in the Mandalorian sense. Um, but I, I found myself to be more intrigued <laughs> by the flashback stuff than the current day stuff. And that has me a little worried. Um, I, I don't, I, ho- I hope that they do more enticing stuff in the modern day or in the, the present day um, Mandalorian times. Um, Cause so far it's been cool to see him like be like the new daimyo or whatever the, the God, he's the godfather of, of yeah. Tatooine basically mm-hmm. now. Um, but I also, uh, there's not really, we've said this about other shows. There's not attention. There's no like, um, you know, bad guy to, to face whatever the, the, I mean, the biggest, we'll, we'll, we'll just jump right into it. The fight scene that I'm, I'm assuming you're referring to is the one in the streets, right? Yep. So that is, so I, I read online that like some people think that, that those assassins that came to attack them is basically like been sent from the, the mayor of yep. okay. most whatever. Um, I wrote it down, but I can't find it. Um, most Shays or mock Shays. Sorry. Um, which is one of the towns I've, I guess I don't think I've ever heard of that town on Tatooine, but it's one of the towns, one of the ship ship ports or whatever. And like the, the, his major domo, like his assistant comes, which I kind of liked that character. He was like, kind of had like a, a nervousness about him, but also kind of confidence about him. It was kind of a weird mix, but he goes and speaks to Bobo and he's like, I'm here about the tribute. And then Fennec's like, I think he means like he wants to receive one from you. <laughs> Um, and then when he walks out, he says, there will be another delegation, expect another delegation. So a, a lot of people are thinking like it's the mayor has sent those mm-hmm. assassins to kill, basically take care of him. Um, but if that is the only tension that we get in the first episode, it's not much like it's, yeah. you know, that's kind of all, all we got. So, and I mean, another thing, I mean, I realized that Boba Fett was in the Sarlacc pit for a while. And then he went through a lot of trying times to get to this point. But literally after that fight, you see him having to go back to basically like a breathing chamber. So it's just like Boba Fett's kind of weak at this point. Yeah. If, I mean, I'm assuming these aren't like the biggest bad guys he's going to face off against. Right. And... For him to already be like winded from that, it's just kind of got me a little worried. Yeah. And it might just be one of those things where, I mean, you just all of a sudden see him just becoming like somebody that's just going to kick butt. And after this first episode, that would be, I mean, it'd be a quick turnaround, which you'd just kind of be like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it's um he's a far cry from his his uh strength and aptitude in The Mandalorian yeah. season 2. So, yeah, they he's they're going to have to get him there. You know, I'm assuming that this show will 
across a pretty good gap of time. Like mm-hmm. it's, I think it's assumed that he's, he's been out of the Sarlacc for like a year or two, like yeah. before he even meets Mando. So um, maybe we get a couple of years of, of, of storytelling in this, in the show, or maybe not. I don't know. Um, so I want to start. So we'll start at the beginning of the, of the episode. I liked the Sarlacc. Like, so I was talking with some coworkers who are really into star Wars mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, what if we get the answer to the Sarlacc pit question in the show? We, it has to be in there somewhere, right? Yeah. Maybe episode three, episode four or whatever in a flashback. It's the very first scene in the show, which I was like, okay, we're going there. Let's do this. It was over in 30 seconds. And I was like, what? Like we've been waiting 30 years <laughs> for this, yeah. for this answer. The, the, that movie came out, he died in, in um, return of the Jedi, which came out in 83. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, almost quite literally 30 years and we got 30 seconds of footage. It's literally just him like waking up inside the Sarlacc, um, seeing that like half eaten, half digested stormtrooper uh-huh. grabbing his oxygen, taking a breath and then burning his way out and then climbing to the surface. I was like, okay. I mean, I get, so I guess we got the answer, but it was like, it was a lot less fanfare than I was expecting them to do. I thought they would make a really big to do about that that struggle to survive inside of the thing. Like maybe he spent, you know, weeks in there or whatever, but he basically just wakes up and then gets out. And I, I thought that was a little surprising Yeah, that they treated it so um, cavalierly, but um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just were like not interested to like really, you know, deep dive into that. They're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll give you the answer, but we're not going to spend time on this. So, um, and then speaking to his like, weakness i love that like he he kind of just kind of crawls out of that thing and like he's you know i think he passes out on the sand or whatever is almost passed out and then jawas come by and like scavenge his his uh body for his suit and like mm-hmm. strip him and stuff like that and um he like he can't even fend himself off of a, uh, against a jawa <laughs> it's like the easiest takedown ever is a jawa right yeah in the, in the star wars universe and they like just like hit him in the head with a with one of their guns or whatever and and he's like out cold i i, just, I thought that was really funny to see both with it taken out by Jawa. Um, and then um, the Tusken Raiders are basically like enslaving him. Um, what do you, what do you, do you have anything to say about like the, the camp or the, um, there's like a brief fight between him, like a one-on-one fight between him and a Tusken Raider when he tries to escape. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. Just going back to my main point about, Boba Fett not really being in prime condition. Because, I mean, even, yeah. like, the Tusken Raiders, they haven't been, like, huge, like, bad guys. I mean, they've done some damage in the Star Wars universe, but it's just kind of, like, obviously they can handle their own against a Jawa. But, I mean, you still kind of think of them, like, maybe almost as the level of, like, a stormtrooper. Yeah, maybe less. I there's not. You're right. There's not been a lot of screen time for Tusken. Honestly, probably the most screen time we've ever had of Tusken Raiders has been in the Disney Plus offerings. Yeah, I, they they're barely they barely show up in the original movies or even the prequel movies. Like, there's a part where uh, Anakin like destroys like a whole town of them, uh-huh. kills everyone, including the children. Um, there's you know obviously everyone knows them from the original Star Wars movie in New Hope. Um, you know as they kind of terrorize the area. With Luke and and um, uh, Obi Wan and all that, yeah. But I mean, that's kind of it. Like they they don't really have a lot of backstory lore um, surrounding them. I, I'm sure they show up a lot in the books or whatever. I, I've not read those, so yeah. It's everything we know. Almost everything we know about them has really come from Mandalorian, and then of course the show too. So, um, I think it's going to be hard. I was actually we were just talking to Caitlin about this before we hit record because she was hanging out. Uh, as we were getting set up, I I don't know how they do the language barrier thing because he's going to be he's with the Tuscans when Mando finds him, right? Yeah. Or he's he at least or, has he, I don't he has don't their weapon, mm-hmm. and he well and they t- they go back to the Tuscan camp. They yeah. they br- they they bring Mando back to the the Tuscan Raider camp, and that's when Mando starts like conversing with them via sign language or yeah. whatever. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Boba clearly can't understand these guys, so they're just kind of using like body language and stuff to uh-huh. communicate right now. I don't know how they do that for the rest of the season. <laughs> so that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, I do like that, that kind of dog like uh, creature. We actually saw it briefly in the, in Mandalorian, I mm-hmm. think season, season two, or I can't remember season two, I think probably um, 
it's I guess called a massive, but like it's basically like a just kind of like a alien desert dog kind of thing. Uh-huh. And um, I think it's 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 obviously you know non sentient or whatever, but like it, I think it, the way it moves and the way it looks at you and stuff like that is is really intimidating. I think they're really cool, cool looking things. Yeah, and I mean it gets enough screen time from it and it's kind of just one of those things where i mean it kind of looks like a vicious guard dog but i mean it's you get the sense that it could it could definitely tear somebody apart but the boba fett like dispatches them pretty easily yeah so i mean i feel like it might be more dangerous than the Tuscan Raiders themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I uh, one one huge um, turn that this came from Mandalorian, not this show, but with the Tuscan Raiders is that they're like mostly peaceable. Like we see them as very uh, antagonizing and very like deadly in yeah. the movies and stuff like that. And everyone just, I mean you know, from growing up in the eighties and nineties, just kind of assume these guys were terrible, terrible creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mandalorian did a lot to kind of, uh, train, retrain our brains to say, okay, these, these guys aren't so bad. Like they, once you get to know them, <laughs> quote, quote unquote, they're, they're actually like, they just kind of want to be left alone. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah. uh, they, they're basically just fighting survival, fighting for survival in the, in the desert, in a more, um, kind of hermit like, uh, sense or, you know, uh, uh you know, old, old style, you know, tents and, you know, camp um, kind of thing. They kind of remind me of like a indigenous Native American type, you know, tribe. Okay, yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah. And then um, there's that, I don't think we've ever seen the sand creature that attacks them. Like they're... Yeah, I don't think so. They're out in the middle of the desert. They're looking for the, these uh, coconut gourd-like fruits. That Water are, yeah. type things. <laughs> Which... I, I think that's new too. I don't think they've shown anything like that before, but they <clears throat> force them like they're like chain gains together. Basically these slaves is a Rodian and Boba and they force them to dig for these, you know, fruits or whatever that has water inside of them. And they, <laughs> the Rodian starts digging and finds like this paw of like this massive thing. I was like, Oh, this is like they found, he found like a recently dead creature under the sand. No, it's alive and it's going to attack all of them <laughs> right now and pummel the Rodian straight into the sands basically. And, um, I thought that was a qu- pretty cool kind of CGI thing. There was some puppetry with it too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I thought like there were, there were parts of it that looked like old school star Wars, which yeah, I like that. Yeah, that was, I would say that scene was one of my two favorite scenes. Um, that one. And then the fight between the, uh, Fennec Shan and Boba Fett and the assassins. Yeah. Those were probably my two favorite scenes. And I mean, it definitely, I wasn't exactly sure how he was going to use the beast and he ends up killing it. I was kind of hoping for it more being like a creature that helps him escape the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, I thought that's where they were going with it too. Like, this is his chance to get away. Yeah, because he was like literally trying to escape. Like, he was trying to conspire with the Rodians, saying like, "Hey, if you just shut your mouth, we can get out of here," <laughs> and like get to the closest town or whatever. And when the when that sand creature comes up out of the sand and kills the Rodian and knocks the the uh, massive dog like creature away, and then is going after the. Um, it's like a child version of a Tuscan Raider, yep. like a youngling or whatever. And, and I, I thought he's either going to let it, this creature kill that Tuscan mm-hmm. kid, or he's going to save the Tuscan kid and say, go back to the town and tell him I'm gone, you know, but then he ends up just going straight back to the town. So, um, which immediately like he's, I guess he's done being a slave. Cause like they hand him like, you know, a thing of water. Like when he gets back, like yeah. he's basically one of them now. So, yeah, I did like that creature. I thought I thought it was really cool and vicious, man. Like the way it attacks, so mm-hmm. it was cool to watch. Um, and then I guess we need to talk about the just kind of the modern. That's all the flashback stuff, I think. But um, the modern day stuff, um, a lot of it's just in that throne room, which is cool to see. It's just cool to see you know Jabba the Hutt's 
palace basically but um now boba's thing whatever it's devoid of life like you go go back and watch those original uh movies with jabba and there's like there's like 30 people in the inside of that chamber like uh, in that cave or whatever and you know lots of different races and stuff like that right now it's pretty much just him and fennec like yeah there's nobody else around they have a couple droids and that's about it and they start receiving tributes. People come in and, you know, give them gifts and stuff like that. And I th- thought it was just cool to see him on the throne. And like, mm-hmm. it, this is an iconic set in star Wars, like to see scenes being shot in, but now it's, you know, just completely different. And I thought it was really neat to kind of see what they did with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like those Gamorians. The Gamorians are like the pig, like, mm-hmm. um, hog kind of creatures. Um, they, they were like the exact same ones that worked for Jabba and like, dude, how cool is it? Like, I, I thought it was really neat that like he spared le- their lives. We need to talk about like his motiv- motivations and stuff, which I kind of teased at the top of the episode today. But, um, the, like he has the opportunity to slay these guys, mm-hmm. like right in front of everyone and like prove his strength and malice. Right. And he spares them and he's like, in fact, if you want to work for me, I'll hire you. Like, yeah. just, you know, like he not only spares their lives, but he's like, Hey, just stay on with me. If you'll be loyal, if you were loyal to Jabba and loyal to Bib Fortuna, you know, you can be loyal to me. Right. And they say, yeah. And they bow to him, whatever. And then they are the reasons that they survive in the, in the streets when yeah. they're being attacked. Cause they're literally surrounded by, by those guys with like energy shields or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, how are they going to get out of this? And it's the Gamorreans that come in and actually, actually like save their hides which yeah. I thought that was that, that was pretty cool to like see them immediately not just show show loyalty but actually save their butts like in that fight. So yeah, pretty cool. Um Yeah, I don't know that I have a whole lot else. Um it's cool to see the cantina again. It's so it's so short though. Yeah. Um the um everyone knows that iconic Star Wars song from the the original Star Wars New mm-hmm. Home. Like da 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 I mean, even if you don't, even if you've not been around Star Wars that much, you know that song. And they were they were playing it. Um, uh, Max or whatever his name is, his band in in Cantina. But it was like a very it's like a jazzy variation of it. And I th- I thought that was awesome. Like it's, mm-hmm. it was really cool. It was like a um, like a jazzed up spin on the original tune. Yeah, and uh, that was that was pretty neat to see. So. Um, Oh, I, I went to. Uh, we'll, we'll end with this. Um, what do you think about his wanting to be different from Java? Is that like endearing to you, or like? Yeah. Do, do you think he appears weak? Is it like? I think there's two ways to take it. Is like he's weak and he's gonna die. That's kind of Fennec's take. Is like, dude, you need to like show these people who's boss. Yeah, I, I almost feel like he's. I mean, Jabba was feared. So I, I don't know if I really can go along with this, with the way he's doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think respect is very important, but I feel like at some point he's going to need to show the people who's boss. Yeah, yeah. He's. It's not that he doesn't kill anyone, but he only kills the people that are like attacking him. So like, dude, he straight up like murders that guy in the, in the street. Yeah. Um, he's like trying to get away and climb up the building and he fires a missile at him and just blows. I mean, there's nothing left of this dude after he like hits him with the missile. So he's definitely vicious, but, uh, it's only really to defend himself. Like he's Mm -hmm. not, he's not killing, he's not torturing. He's like, I won't torture anyone. I won't kill anyone that's not attacking me. And dude, that is a very far cry from what Jabba was about. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, J- Jabba, like if he just didn't like the way you phrased something, he would feed you to his rancor mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the, in the pit below him. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, uh, it'll be interesting to see what, how that goes. Um, I, I do, I do like that we're getting more backstory, like the, the, uh, uh, flashbacks mm-hmm. than I thought we would. I, I, uh, I want to see more meat on the bone, for the for the modern day like the present day stuff mm-hmm. but because i even though they may have gotten equal screen time like 50 50 screen time feels about right i i didn't i found myself learning more from the flashback stuff than 
I, I really felt like I was being fed in the present day stuff. Yeah. So I want to see more meat on the bone for the present day, but um, I, 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 there is way more flashback than I was expecting. And that's actually kind of a good thing. Like I see that as a positive cause mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know, I guess I shouldn't have, it's called book of Boba Fett. So, you know, they're trying to tell a bigger story than just present day. And I guess I should have picked that up from the title, but I I'm surprised by how much they're showing us from, uh, from the past. So, um, yeah, I, I, I expect, don't you expect every episode to be kind of like this? Like yeah. half and half. That That's what I kind of feel like we're going to get because I mean, until you get up to present day with the show, you're going to keep wondering how he ended up in this spot. So I feel like it will be getting half and half from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be down with that as long as, as long as the stuff in the past is still intriguing. Um, the moment that it feels like everyday life, like you said, is when I, when I would say like, Hey, you know, maybe skip some of the stuff. But, um, so far I, I've been intrigued by the stuff from the past, but, um, it's more the modern day, the present day stuff that's been more like just kind of everyday life, you know, people yeah. bring, bringing tributes and stuff like that. It's kind of like, okay, like I, I kind of get this, we can move along. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, last thing I'll say is maybe going to be a little controversial. I don't know if it's controversial or not, but, uh, I feel like it might be. I, I don't really like the Fennec Shand character that the more, <laughs> the more I see her on screen, the more I'm like, dude, she is so freaking one note. Like, I, there's no variance to that character. I don't think it's, I don't think it's Ming, Ming-Na Wen's fault. Like, I think she's acting just fine. Um, she always, but she always has that grimace on her face. She's always yeah. angry all the time. Like, uh-huh. I, um, I don't know. I, uh, I think her acting range is probably fine. Like I, I've seen her in like Agents of the Shield and stuff like that. But I, I, I don't think she, she's being directed very well. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. What's your take on her? I, I, I'm not like when she, whenever she's on screen, I'm not like, I'm not drawn in or captivated by anything she's doing. Um, um, but maybe that's the point. Maybe it's yeah. like, she's just a, a dumb, um, uh, you know, assassin or whatever, but yeah, I don't really know how I feel about the character. Um, there's times where I feel like that she was a formidable, person in but it was it's mainly in the mandalorian and this episode if we get this from fennec shan the whole season i'll definitely be ready to write off this character yes yeah i agree yeah i i don't know i i think right now all all her entire purpose in the show is literally just to be that foil to to boba of of like you know you shouldn't be this merciful like you need to be ruthless but if that's again if that's the only thing she has to say for six episodes but or eight episodes i don't remember how long this show is by the end of it i'm gonna be like dude okay i'm i'm kind of done with that character so um i don't know i i expect a little bit more range from what we get from star wars and i don't think we're getting a whole lot right now so we'll see all right, um, we're gonna. So our last couple segments are um, what's coming to Disney Plus and what else have you been watching. We're gonna um, do what's coming to Disney Plus first and and get to what else have you been watching second. Um, here is uh, what's coming out for Wednesday, January fifth, and uh, Friday the seventh. Uh, of course, Wednesday, January January fifth. It's obvious. Um, Book of Boba Fett episode two. Yep, uh, we'll be talking about that next week on next week's episode. Um, it says uh, if you want to. Uh, preview of it, I guess, I guess skip forward 30 seconds if you don't want to know anything, but it says, um, Boba Fett and Fennec Shand, Fennec Shand navigating the galaxy's underworld when they return to the sands of Tatooine to stake their, oh, that's just about the show. That's <laughs> about the episode. Oh, okay. That tells us nothing. All right. So don't, don't fast forward <laughs> if you, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what episode two is about. Uh, so that comes out on Wednesday. Um, also on Wednesday, pop goes the vet with Dr. Joya or Hoya, probably Hoya. Uh, season one, uh, veterinary dermatologist. Hey, if you ever wanted to know about dermatology, Grant, here's your chance. Uh, Dr. Hoya and her staff take care of their patients in an animal dermatology clinic. There's going to be no end to these veterinary shows. Is there Grant? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Unless they ditch discovery channel. That's true. 
Did you know that animal dermatology was a thing? No. I had no idea. There are, there are literally vet veterinary, um, veterinarians that specialize in the skin, the skin care of your animal. <laughs> uh, this is a real clinic in, in Kentucky. Um, so follow, follow that if you're interested in that. Um, Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir, uh, season four, seven episodes. This is um, uh, animated, um, kind of looks like an action kind of superhero type show. Um, that younger kids might be interested in. That's it for Wednesday. So we're in kind of a, a slump right now. I think we'll it'll probably pick up in January uh, later in the month, but right now it's kind of a, a small releases. Uh, Friday, January 7th, uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid Dog Days. Um, this is, I think this is the show, isn't it? A TV show? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, let me see if I can look that up real quick. Um, it's definitely like a live action diary of a wimpy kid. This is not like the same thing as like the movies that are coming out. Um, yeah, no. Okay. So this was a film. It is not, it's not a show. It's, it's the, uh, that shows you how much great and I follow diary of a wimpy kid. Uh, it's a, it's the 2012, um, film that came out of the diary of a wimpy kid series. They are doing like a, like a reboot of that whole like book, the book series. Um, but this is the 2012 film, uh, like Mike, um, this is, uh, let's see, this looks like, wait, is this the original Like Mike? Yep, with Bow Wow. Oh, okay. All right, I've never seen this. Dude, it is, and it is definitely Lil Bow Wow. Yep, um, it is Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> he's Lil in this in this movie. Have you seen this? I have. And give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and then I'll tell the listeners what you did on our audio-only podcast. I mean, it <laughs> for kids. I mean, that enjoy sports, probably from like your ten, maybe eight to thirteen range, you'll enjoy it. But if you don't like sports, and you don't like the cheesy role where the kid ends up in the majors or professional league, then you won't like this movie. What's the premise? Um, My- Michael Jordan is no longer with the Bulls. No, it it really has n- not a whole lot to do with Michael Jordan. Okay. Basically, a kid he he lives in an orphanage. Um, some shoes get donated, and they get. Um, he finds them, and on the inside of the sneaker it says MJ. Okay. So he finds out they were belong to Michael Jordan and then some bully kid throws him up on a power line and then the power line gets struck by lightning <laughs> and he basically has the ability to be like Michael Jordan. Dude, that is so great. That, yeah. that, that is like quintessential Disney, like four kids, Disney live action sports movie. Like, yep. I love that. Um, for sure. <laughs> I, this is not a movie I'm probably ever going to watch, but, um, I'm sure it was actually quite popular with, with kids back in 2002. Yeah. So you were, I mean, you were still pretty young back uh-huh. then. You were yeah. like 10, 2002, uh, 11. Okay. So, I mean, this was right up your alley when it came out, yep. especially, especially since it's about sports. So yeah, it, it was definitely a pretty big hit with kids my age when it came out. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see like Mike too? That's, that's also coming no, out on I Friday. So that, that came out in 2006. Um, it's, it's full title is like Mike Two colon street ball. Okay. <laughs> so, Phil. But I don't know. This could have been like a, a straight to video straight to, um, uh, yeah, no, it was direct to video. Uh, I just looked it up. So, okay. Yeah. Probably skip that one. But, um, the original like Mike is maybe worth, worth your time. So, um, here's the premise of, of like Mike too, that I'm reading is says another young boy with hoop dreams finds an old pair of Michael Jordan sneakers. <laughs> There's just so many just <laughs> sitting around Phil. Yeah. Waiting for, uh, orphan children to pick them up. Yeah. And, and then, uh, okay. So here, here's the, the biggest, uh, curveball pun intended, um, for this is the last thing releasing on Friday, the Sandlot. <laughs> okay. So like, we 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 reviewed the Sandlot yep. earlier. Do we know why this is happening? Like it's I'm I'm sure it's coming back to yep. Disney Plus. It I guess apparently left after we did our episode. Yeah, then, I have no idea why it keeps leaving us and then coming back. Because they they not only 
uh, brought the Sandlot one, but also the Sandlot two. Yep. To Disney Plus just a few months ago. Yeah. So they definitely did. <laughs> I don't know why why it's coming back, but apparently it's it's re dropping on Disney Plus um, this Friday. If this article is to be believed, which they've been spot on about everything else, so I think it's I think it's true. Um, so somehow, if you missed the Sandlot. Um, you know, when it originally released and when it was on Disney plus earlier, like last year, then you can catch it in 2022 starting on Friday. So, um, that's it. Um, so kind of a down week, uh, next week, um, we'll, you know, do, do the full rundown next week, but, um, next week, one of the biggest releases is Eternals. So Eternals is coming to Disney plus. Lovely. Yeah. Won't watch it again, (laughs) Phil. Grant's super excited to, that that never coming. watch that again yeah <laughs> so yeah there's some big um big movies coming out in january just because we got some big movies in the fall mm-hmm. you know that are hitting their 45 days or whatever so uh, more to come on that later this month um all right uh let's end with what else have you been watching on disney plus i'm gonna let you take this because i've not seen anything else on disney plus we've traveled for the holidays we traveled to uh, Joplin, which is about an hour from us, and then Nashville, which is like eight, uh, like seven hours away from mm-hmm. us. So um, we saw both sides of our family, my wife's side and, and my side, and we were in the car. I mean, you guys did a lot of traveling too, but we were in the car for you know, I don't know, twenty hours or so yeah. over like five days. So mm-hmm. yeah, we just didn't have a lot of time to. I mean, Jordan watched a ton of stuff in the car, but I was driving. So yeah, um, I actually as we're recording this at eight thirty at night at about four o'clock today, Caitlin and I watched the movie in Kanto. And that was really the only thing that we watched. That's the only thing since we last recorded that I've watched besides book of Boba Fett. But, uh, yeah. Um, we were definitely going to watch this movie eventually. And I mean, it kind of got off to like a slow start. But it definitely picked up, and I enjoyed it for the most part. I think it's uh, we'll we'll talk. Uh, so this is a good transition into the end of the show. We're going to cover this movie in its entirety next week. Um, I'm going to watch it again. I I watched it in theaters. I've not seen it since it came to Disney Plus. Very short window of time, by the way. Yeah. Um, it came out literally Thanksgiving weekend, and then it came out yeah. on Christmas Eve. Um, yeah just a month apart. So I, I thought that was a little strange. Um, of course I thought it was even stranger that like Luca was straight to Disney plus last year. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, a short window I think is good, especially for kids. I, a ton of kids have been watching this over, over their Christmas break. So a uh, good time to release something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just transitioning into this, uh, we actually are going to do a full review of this next week yeah i'm excited yeah so i I loved this movie um it sounds like um grant was mostly high on it um Mm -hmm. uh, i might have might have loved it a little bit more than grant but um yeah we'll do a full a full review next week so uh, obviously we're going to be talking about book of boba fett episode two but um we'll also do you know a 25 minute review or whatever of Encanto. i have a lot to say about it just because i was so struck by it um don't you think it's visually stunning yeah um, it the looks visuals great. are very good in this movie and the music obviously is very good as well with it being Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, and it's something new ish yeah. for Disney. Um, it definitely has the Hispanic side of it kind of like, uh, Coco. I was just going to say, I, I think the closest analog is Coco. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, those movies, it's, they're very different. Are very yeah. different. Yeah. So, I mean, for the most part, I feel like a theme for Disney, which we'll talk about this more in 2021, is hitting things that they really haven't touched before. Yeah. And so, but overall, I thought it was a pretty good movie. It's it's a for me it's the perfect blend between uh, re- reality like th- these aren't like um, there's not correct me if I'm, there's no like mythical creatures in it there's not like um, uh-huh. u- unicorns or anything. Like it, it's it's grounded in the sense of like it's real people in yep. like real physics like you know like real world stuff no one um, but they also have like superpowers and they have. Um, 
you know, there's magic involved, like in in the the the. Plot. I'm trying not to give anything away just yet, but like in the plot, as it, the plot unravels, you you start to realize that there's something mysterious and maybe sinister going on um, with this house and everything uh-huh. like that, and the family. It's, I think, one of the most unique things about it. it this isn't necessarily like you know the most unique thing Disney ever, but. I, I think even more so than typical Disney, it is very family centric. Like it, it, the movie is literally about this family yep. and all of their inner workings and um, the things they talk about, the things they don't talk about, the things they hide, the things that are revealed. There's a lot of hiding in the background of like, Oh no, nobody knew this. Nobody knew that. Um, the main character is kind of unraveling a mystery kind of as things go along. Uh-huh. So the movie's kind of this mix of mystery, like figure out what is really going on here mixed with musical <laughs> Disney musical with great songs mixed with the magical and fantastical that you kind of know from Disney, but there's no like princess. It's not like that kind of movie. So if you've not seen this movie yet, I like, if you're an adult listening to this and you don't even have kids, I still, I still say, watch it. It's you, you guys don't have kids. I it's, as, as a musical and as a story, like a story, the storytelling nature of it, I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to be really high on it when we talk about it next week. I'm going to watch it again because um, I, I, I mean, I only saw it a month ago. I'm already wa- ready to watch it again. So um, definitely a, a high recommend from from both of us. Um, come back for our, our review after you've seen it this week if, you not, if you're not give it, giving it a, a play on Disney+. Plus. So pretty cool that they released it this fast, I think. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Cool. So uh, those are our two topics for next week. We're going to do uh, Boba Fett two and Encanto. In two weeks, we're uh, taking a. We're, I think we're finally going to get Caitlin on. We've been trying to talk talk her into it. So um, we were going to have her on in December, and it just it didn't. We had to shuffle some things around after. Um, I think I think we were having like death in the family or yeah. so, something pushed back, things around. But um, anyway, in. Uh, two weeks, uh, the day we record will be January 16th, that we were going to be covering in, uh, Enchanted. Uh-huh. So we'll do Encanto <laughs> next week, and then Enchanted uh, the week after that. And of course, Boba Fett sprinkled uh, throughout as well. So uh, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, let us know if you want to hear about something on the podcast that we're not talking about, or send us your own review on something that you've watched on Disney Plus. We'd love to read that review on the show. Uh, you can send that to Disney Plus reviews at hotmail.com, Disney PLUS reviews at hotmail.com. Uh, thanks, Grant, for a, a great discussion on Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, we're into a new year, and we are. There's Phil. a lot to look forward to on Disney Plus this year, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, we will. You don't have any other thoughts? No. All right. Then we'll talk to you next week for Boba Fett and, and content. <laughs>